Hey guys, are you looking for the next piece of ghost hunting equipment that will really help you out on your next investigation? If so, I'm sure you're familiar with Ghost Stop. If not, you should really check them out. They have everything you could ever need on your journey into the unknown. And if you visit WisconsinCaps.com and click on the Ghost Stop banners, any purchase you make on their website, Caps gets a commission. You don't pay a penny more than shopping on their website directly, but you do help us out with every purchase you make from our link. Visit WisconsinCaps.com and click on the Ghost Stop banner to get everything from night vision cameras, EVP recorders, infrared lights, spirit boxes, and so much more at a really great price. Welcome to the official Cryptids Anomalies and the Paranormal Society's podcast. I'm your host, Barnaby, and you're listening to Whispers from the Dark. <laughs> Alright, hello and welcome to another episode of Whispers from the Dark. I am your host, Barnaby, and today I am wandering down a dark back road on the pavement with my friend, Rob. How you doing, Rob? Why do we always have to start with that question? (laughs) (laughs) Okay, moving on. Moving on. So, we we had you on about uh, three weeks ago now, was your first episode with us, and uh, we discussed some of your paranormal experiences at Misery Haunted House. All those, yep. Yep, and uh, we discussed some of the, your past paranormal and stuff, but uh, we we finally got some time together again that uh, we want to talk about your year outside of the U.S. So, <laughs> you, Rob is riding along the road on a, uh, a medical scooter that uh, is because... You had surgery on your foot. Doc. Yeah. So it's it's rather interesting right now. But anyway, um, so we're just cruising along the road. And uh, so you spent a year outside of the U.S. for work. Which is where I hurt my foot. Yeah. <laughs> and it took you, what, like six months to actually finally have surgery on it? Yeah. Yeah. So... I I know that this isn't paranormal or weird or anything, but I would like to discuss some of the maybe stereotypical things that, I mean, like, I don't travel outside of the U.S., and I'm sure, like, a lot of our listeners don't and stuff, so I thought it'd be interesting just to talk about, like, the cultural differences of where you were and uh, the, the U.S. and stuff like Wisconsin, for instance. Right? Alright. Alright. <laughs> so, um, you were in Ukraine. 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 Which, in and of itself, is, I guess, supernatural compared to what we live here in the U.S. <laughs> so, I want to start with kind of just like, uh, we'll start with basic, like, day-to-day life. So, we're walking around right now in, uh... A typical suburban neighborhood. There's street lights, paved roads, manholes, sewer systems. This is like the typical United States suburban neighborhood, right? So how does that compare with like the 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 living situation and how they live over there? You know, it really doesn't. And I, if anybody has any experience in Ukraine, um, I really hope that I don't sound disrespectful. I don't wish to be disrespectful in any in any nature when I speak about this country, but um, the time over there was, it, I call it an experience because it really wasn't a great time and it wasn't a bad time. It was literally, quite literally, an experience unlike anything that I've ever had before. Um, just looking around, I'm glad that you pointed that out, they didn't have, like, 
roads and potholes and or I shouldn't say potholes, they have plenty of those and they find <laughs> you that. Um, roads and, and manholes like we have, uh, a lot of their, their, their sewer system only exists when you're much deeper in the cities. Um, otherwise, outside, um, outside in the actual Oblast counties, um, it's much different. If you have like a group of people usually live in little villages um, and there'll be like maybe five or ten houses that live in that village and then maybe a mile or two down the road there's another five or ten houses and people just like we do might drive into town for work or they might be farmers there's a lot of floral farmers and wheat farmers in in Ukraine um, but their sewage systems usually dump into a, a nearby stream, um, and but they're smart enough that they dedicate certain streams. There's a lot of streams and rivers in the country, uh, but they, I mean, they're very practical people is what I'm trying to get by. They see something in their local surrounding and they're like, that'll work for this. All right, that's good, moving on. Uh, <laughs> um, so what do the, the houses look like? I mean, we're walking around here, we got garage doors and, you know, lighting and porch lights and decorations and stuff. Is this like a, a typical neighborhood for there or how, how does that look? We're very showy. Again, like I said, they're practical people. Uh, but then the economy over there is a lot different. And I don't, how do I say, um, I'm not sure if they're more, I know they're not more eco-friendly. But there's something in most of the Eastern Bloc of, of Europe where they don't use wood to construct their houses. It's mostly all concrete, either poured concrete or, or brick and, and mortar, um, which really in the, in, in the modern sense that we have now, it doesn't make sense because here in America, we don't use that because we know that the thermal dynamics of it don't make sense. But with that, imagine walking into a house and instead of, you know, looking on a, on a painted wall, there's a, an outlet. Um, well, there you'll see a box on the wall and there'll be a tube that runs up the wall and then all the ceiling has a bunch of tubes. Everything's exposed. It's easier to work on. Um, it's, everything is more practical. Hmm. Interesting last longer probably and most of that goes back to the soviet era so you know like here in the u.s we have malls we have movie oh, theaters crane loves malls let's not <laughs> let's not get rid of that <laughs> okay so where, where i was going is you have like malls you have movie theaters you have mini golf you have all kinds of entertainment and stuff in the U.S., what do people do there when they're not working? It's food, 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 and I know Americans love their food as well. But everything entertainment in Ukraine seems to be based around food, and their entertainment's not like ours. You know, every every week we work Monday through Friday, typically most people, um, and then you know we have our Friday afternoons and Saturday and Sundays off to go hang out with family and friends. <laughs> We work an eight-hour day. I wouldn't normally say that that's a typical work day for them. Sometimes they work less, even than we do. Uh, but they work likely every single day except for on Sundays. So when they do get to go out, and because money's not really as big as their economy isn't as booming as ours, um, it's a big deal. So they're not going out to maybe live in the moment and play mini golf or this or that. It is gathering the family. Um, together, they splurge a lot of money on on a on a big meal. They are loud when it comes to their meals, and they drink a lot. And that might be like once a month, if that. It's not. They don't. They're not. They're not. I wouldn't say blessed. They're not more privileged. They just. I don't know. I I I would. I haven't had the conversation with many Ukrainians to understand why. Uh, but that's just the way that they, that's the way that they work and they operate. 
they pre they they treasure their time their time off a little bit differently than we do. So you said that some of them were farmers and stuff. What other uh... a lot of floral farmers, believe it or not? Really? So do they they ship that around the world or? Uh, flowers are a big thing in Ukraine. Um, a lot of roses. Um, often, so anytime that a family gets together and, and, and goes to another family's house for dinner, uh, the man will always bring flowers to give to the female host. And it's usually roses, and it, can, it always has to be a set amount, it can, it, uh, like even or odd. If it's one or the other, I believe it's odd roses you give to a host. Uh, and if it's even, then you're actually trying to say something romantic-wise. Uh, but other than that, they other they have different flowers that they prefer to give away for for romance. But it's a lot of roses. Um, I don't know if they ship them outside the country because knowing the border between Poland and Ukraine, it's a little bit political. Um, so I'm not I'm not quite sure the the agreements or how well that that works when it comes to their economy. Well, let's let's take a minute here and just kind of give everyone an idea because I know when when you went over there and that I wasn't really sure where Ukraine was. So where is Ukraine? <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, if you're following the news, um, Ukraine is set between um, it is west of Russia, east of Poland. Um, it is south of Belarus and north of Moldova, if you understand where Moldova is. Uh, how, about more, a, how about more broader terms? <laughs> Eastern Europe. Eastern Europe. Now, if anyone knows where Germany is, okay. it's not as big as people think it is in, in Europe. You push farther right on the map, and that large country is Poland. And then the larger country, which kind of, I mean, when you do picture Europe, I can understand where you're coming from. It kind of goes blank. Like you start, <laughs> is Ukraine, which was always, Ukraine actually means the borderlands um, or the border of, of country, uh, board of countries, I should say. And so it was the border between Europe and the Soviet Union states. Um, and so, I mean, even to this day, a lot of people kind of forget where Ukraine is. So basically, it's like kind of over with Ireland and England and stuff like that, up in that area. No. No. <laughs> no, not at all. No. That is the North Baltic states. Okay. Um, so, I mean, Lithuania and Belarus are part of the Baltic states as well. But you're talking, we're talking further east. Do you know where the Middle East is? Right, way over by Africa. Well, more above east, more, more east of Africa, north northeast of Africa. And so if you're over in the Middle East, you go head straight north, and you go past Hungary and Turkey, and you'll find that's where Ukraine is. It is, it is smack dab, landlocked in the middle of Europe and Asia. Okay. So, okay, so we've talked about some of that stuff. Like, you were talking about food. So... They, they go out to eat and stuff a lot. Now, we've talked about this off off of the podcast and that, but... So, do they have your typical restaurants? Like, can you go get McDonald's? Can you get Burger King? Do we have Walmarts and stuff over in Ukraine? There's no Walmart. I'll, t I'll let you know that. It's called, the, <laughs> it's called the Epicenter. And, I mean, it sounds just as exactly as what it is. A lot of Slavic terms are derived from English terms. It's an epic center. <clears throat> They call it the epicenter, and uh, it's it's massive. Imagine Walmart and Menards are one are one company, and mixed in with home with Home Depot, and you've got the epicenter. I need food. I need wood. I need flowers. You you name it, they got it. <laughs> um, but food like McDonald's, I remember when we were there. They just recently got a um, a McDonald's and a Domino's in the mall, if that's what you would call it. <laughs> um, and it was absolute madness. Uh, I remember before I went over to Ukraine, um, Appleton, Wisconsin, was just getting a Popeye's chicken. Mm -hmm. And if you remember, there were just lines of cars waiting 
imagine that's people standing outside, you know, on the on the sidewalk for about seems like two, three city blocks, just waiting to buy this this fast food that's now in their country. It was really cool to see them kind of taking that step, that new step. But also, I mean, not to be rude, but sorry, McDonald's. Hope you, you'll never be a sponsor after this. Your food is awful, and I don't wish that upon any country. I mean, yeah, there's definitely better things that could come to a country than McDonald's. I mean, let's let's face it. That's going to be one of the first things that opens up on the moon. So, you know, <laughs> moon Donalds. McMoon cakes. Make moon cakes, yeah. They'll be selling moon pies. And TM, I, I, I request um, payment for those royalties. Yeah, all right. <laughs> Earn it here first. Well, as soon as we start getting royalties for these shows, I'll, I'll be sure to uh, <laughs> let you know on that. Yeah, make moon cakes. They're Mick mine. Moon cakes. Make moon cakes. That's a mouthful, huh? Mm, that is a mouthful, make moon cakes. I hope it is a mouthful. <laughs> it's probably going to be like 1,100 calories. Oh, yeah. Well, you're gonna need the calories on the moon because you gotta maintain you what? your maintain yeah. what you're weightless. You hop right. around. Yeah, but that takes a lot of energy to hop, right? Well, we need an eye hop on the moon too. It takes a lot of energy for me to hop right now. I tell you what, <laughs> stupid scooter. <laughs> um. So you don't have a Walmart. So you go into these stores. Let's say you're you're going shopping. Can we find like? Your kids, do you have like Barbies and, and like Hot Wheels and stuff over there? Do you have the same like mass produced stuff or is it more like locally? It's not local, it's mass produced, but they don't have the big name brands like we do, like Hot Wheels and, and Barbie. It's just your run of the mill dolls. And they're still made in factories, but they don't they don't have like the same big name brands. And I mean the UK is well known for Barbie. But, um, and I think Germany actually as well, one of the two actually, believe it or not, has a Barbie museum in mm-hmm. it. But that kind of stuff doesn't exist in Ukraine. Uh, and nor do I think that that's really on their priority list of things to do What with the Soviet mindset. Right. They are workers and good workers at that. So what was the biggest, like, culture shock for you going over there from, you know, growing up and living in the United States and everything? Oh God! They're driving. The driving? Their driving is atrocious. Now, do they they drive on the wrong side of the road? Like no, most of Europe they drive on the same side as us. All of Europe drives on the same side as us. Okay. Uh, um, Great Britain does not. Yeah. Neither does Ireland. But then the rest of Europe, if you have a United States license, you can rent a car. So go for it. Once COVID <laughs> drops, they love us over there. No, they don't. <laughs> <clears throat> so the the driving. So what was what was your big shock about the driving? It's chaos. It's pure, absolute chaos and anarchy. They uh, they have more road signs than we do. More warnings. More of uh, more of everything. But it is a free for all. I I I I cannot kid you when you are on a two lane road. And I'm not saying two lanes on each side. It's just a two lane. One way on each side. And this car, you're doing 70 miles an hour in a 50 mile an hour zone because that's what everyone else is doing. And the guy (laughs) behind you is not okay with it. He wants to go faster. And so he's going to pass you. But there are a bunch of cars on the other side and they're not letting up either. (laughs) And so he just drives in the middle of the road, passes you. Your lane will just, it's like seamless, it's magic. Your entire lane and the oncoming lane will just split and let this random car by in the middle of the road, and then they all just kind of converge back together. No, not no big deal. Everything, everything's uh, back to normal here. <laughs> oh, you're gonna pass on the on the on the on the gravel side? Sure. Let me just pull into oncoming traffic so that you can pass. It's chaos. And I'd never, and you know, you would think that you would see tons of accidents. No. I don't understand what it is. Maybe they're just not playing on their phones, but I don't see accidents anywhere. <laughs> not once in my year and a half that I was there. So phones, they, they have the same kind of phones, like driving problems and stuff we do? Uh, no. no, they don't even have like the phones like we do. 
it's a lot of different like uh, off-brand Motorola's but um, unless you're in a big city you're not getting reception and so um, and and that's your internet your your phone is your internet it's a uh, Kyivstar and then there was another co company that I preferred I can't remember their name uh, but they are true unlimited four dollar four US dollars a month and you get I think there was one point or another I ran up 60 70 gigs in a month off my phone <laughs> and it is blazing fast wow. I don't know what America's talking about with us trying to um, you know up our speeds or anything but there I was pulling 100 150 megs on my on, on my my Ukraine phone <laughs> Uh, so let's talk about like your big cities and stuff like that. So we typically in the United States here we got like Milwaukee and then you get a little bit bigger to Chicago and you get up to like Detroit and uh, New York City and stuff like that. How do their big cities compare to like say Milwaukee? They're, they're well, you know it doesn't take a, lo a big city long to change. I mean, a decade is a huge amount of time in a big city. Um, so if we're talking like Lviv, Kiev, or Odessa, it, we're talking is 50 years older than our, our, our oldest, largest city. Imagine what that's done. But they're still in different, um, they're still in different types of engineering than we are. So it's massive. They, um, now you, you're talking Tel Aviv, huh? Tel Aviv, no. city? No, Lviv. Okay, I was gonna say because Tel Aviv I've heard of, and Tel Aviv is a a big like fancy neon and no, big city. Uh, okay. Lviv is uh, live in in Russian means um, lion, and Lviv is the city of lions. It's on the on the western side of Ukraine. Okay. And if imagine if you were to close your eyes and 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 try and think of what um, Batman City looks like, you know, uh, Gotham, Gotham, you know, gargoyles and and massive, beautiful um, concrete buildings, but like that turn of the of the time. That's how all their buildings are. Absolutely, they're embellished with marble because marble is another um, uh, gross domestic product of Ukraine. Uh, so there's m beautiful marble floors everywhere. And you're like, wow, these people are rich. Little do you know, just as, well, just as much as uh, Wisconsin's producing corn, they're over there producing marble. And well, what do we put here? What's the cheapest? You know, marble. <laughs> <laughs> So, what was your least, like, uh, we talked about your most culture shock of, like, the driving and stuff, but, like, when you went over there, what did you think was going to be a big deal, and it, it really wasn't, like, what was the most U.S.-style thing over there? English. Really? Yeah, and I know that's probably not, like, any answer anyone was going to expect, but, you know, I had taken years of Ukrainian... And a little bit of Russian trying to you know get up to speed once I got over to Lviv and I was like all right get there first day and I bumble through my first sentence at a cafe Just coffee is a whole nother deal there <laughs> can't live without it um, it's not what you think it is <laughs> but the lady looked at me and she goes you want a cappuccino sir I'm like God. <laughs> Like, yeah, oh, yeah, okay, yes, thank you. <laughs> uh, so, but the, a lot of a lot of students uh, study English in high school and in college. And their, their college, their, their high school actually extends past their 12th grade. It goes up to 14. And those first two, and those 13 and 14 are actually done at a university, which is still um, public access, free, essentially. Um, I mean, they still pay plenty of taxes, but it's included in that in that learning process. Like we are included up to twelve. Um, but I mean, it's just different. 
Their their English isn't good per se, but they <laughs> comparable to your Ukrainian, we'll say. Let's just say let's just say that <laughs> listening to broken English is far easier than trying to listen to anyone's broken Ukrainian. They look at you and be like, "I don't think you understand, but my language is an art, and it is like it's beautiful when it's spoken correctly." You sir have <laughs> pooped on my language, <laughs> and you only asked for coffee. <laughs> So, I think that's about all I can think of as far as like... Well, how about let's talk about a little bit of paranormal then. Yeah, that's, that's where I was going now. anyone stuck around this long, well, then we're going to throw you some paranormal. Awesome. That? So, yeah, uh, I asked you to uh, take a little dive into some of the folklore and stuff of Ukraine. And tell us some of like the local legends and stuff that you may have encountered or heard while you were over there. Well, that got nowhere. I'm going to let you know right now. (laughs) (laughs) They don't want to talk about it. It's... They're very superstitious people. Um, And so you want to talk about certain things, like uh, I'm sure most people from a movie popular here in America know of the term Baba Yaga. It's not a boogeyman. (laughs) It is a very, very unsettling old lady which feeds on children. Uh, and a lot of people think that it's a, um, a very good friend of mine, Lev, um, is from the UK, but from, uh, but from Ukraine, one parent from each one, and he spent half his life in both countries. And so he knows Ukrainian and English very well. And the basis that he gave to me was he believes that Baba Yaga is a wives' tale that mothers use in order to get their children back in the house after a certain point. Because they don't have curfews. <clears throat> um, but it is this creepy cabin, which is not really all that creepy in Ukraine. There's little wooden cabins everywhere that are abandoned. Um, and it sits on top of chicken legs. Huh. Why? Mm-hmm. I don't know. Um... But I guess it's there's tons. So there's lots. Of, imagine you're walking through the woods in Ukraine. It's fun to do. Great. Uh, I'll actually segue into that next. I did a lot of just hiking. Um, but you're walking through, and you look off to your left, and there's a little cabin. Doesn't look like it's been touched in years. Um, a kid would see that all the time. And so, how does a mom keep you away from? A random cabin, you know. I would want to build a little fort and a, co- and a cabin that I found in the woods, but it might not be safe, and there might be somebody that's living in there, unfortunately. <laughs> um, so what do you tell them? Well, there's an old witch that lives in these cabins, and if you're caught out late at night, she'll eat you. And that's exactly what Baba Yaga is. Um, and she's seen um, as a little babushka, as Russian, uh, babus, Ukrainian, and she uh, will steal children off the road. She'll chill, steal children out of the woods, and they just go missing. And I'm not sure if that's a it's an issue where 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 children go missing in Ukraine. I didn't get to delve into that much, but it's enough where the Baba Yaga is still kind of feared in Ukraine. And you know, uh, hello, Toad, <laughs> little frog hopping along the. The trail here. Um, I was good enough friends with a couple of people, this one lady, Anastasia, and I asked her about it, and she goes, uh, no, we didn't talk about Baba Yaga. Hmm. I'm like, okay, all right. <laughs> We're not going to talk about Baba Yaga. Uh, but there is a one other piece that you mentioned, relics. There is a common belief in Ukraine that... Um, as you've probably heard in your investigations, that spirits get attached to things. Mm-hmm. That's very common in Ukraine, and it's usually crucifixes. Hmm. Um, and so they have ways to get rid of a crucifix. Um, that's They won't pass them between families. Um, <clears throat> they're apparently... There's often times when they supposedly crucifixes are just found on the wall upside down. It's really strange. 
don't know if that happens in other countries, but apparently it's a common thing that happens in Ukraine. Um, but it's usually um, something that has to do with the church and nature. Which I don't, so I don't know if you're much of a, uh, a, a Christian yourself or where you're, you know, where you're, where you lie. But um, I only see these things happening with Christians. Yeah. So maybe you're predisposing yourself some, to some bad juju people. <laughs> <laughs> don't crucify me, please. Oh, that was awful. Don't say that. Yeah. <laughs> but I mean, it seems like you predispose yourself to some pretty nasty things. The moment you're like, yeah, Jesus. God, I'm so going now. <laughs> so we'll stop just a second. What is the like main religion in Ukraine? Um, Orthodox Christianity. It's a so, Greek Orthodox Church. So not just Christianity, but hardcore Christianity. <laughs> hmm. Okay. So now back to Baba Yaga. Uh, you were telling me that you may possibly have had a run-in with yeah. Baba Yaga over yeah. there. Yeah. So, <clears throat> I felt, I'd say that the driving's crazy, right? Mm-hmm. Um, it is not uncommon for you to be driving down the road and the car in front of you just suddenly swerves out of the middle, out of, out of its lane into oncoming traffic when... Usually when there's no oncoming traffic. And we'll, um, just to miss a pothole. Like, I'm not driving over that pothole. No. It's the family car. Not worth risking. And so I'm following this car. And it starts slowing down in in this neighborhood. And mind you, they don't have, like, street lamps like us, so it is dark. This road is just... You know, you picture, let's say, like uh, Ichabod Crane, you know, that, that tunnel everyone knows, the trees coming over the road. And we, ter- we turn right, and this, it's just this tunnel of trees, black. Can't see anything without your headlights. And this car starts to slow down, which is really weird because they don't do anything but speed as fast as they can go. <laughs> and we start going over all these fucking potholes. And I'm like, that's weird. This guy isn't swerving back and forth. And uh, finally, um, I let him get a little bit distance in front of me. We're out. I I have not seen a left or a right turn anywhere. And this little old lady, it is like 11 o'clock at night. This little old lady just randomly... You need context here because Babus or... Uh, or, uh, you know, old old ladies in Ukraine, they are their back problems is like a ninety degree angle. We're talking like, like straight up, you know, crossing the road. Uh, my 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 hand on a stick that's at my knees level. I am just bent over hardcore. <laughs> this little old lady shuffles across the road. Doesn't look at any car, the car that passed her or me, and she's now crossing between us. And it's only like a single lane road, maybe a little bit wider, so it didn't take her long. But I slam on the brakes, and I'm like, did anyone see that? And, there, and the, the guy in front was playing on his phone. He didn't see anything, but the, the person in back was like, that little old lady that just crossed the road? I'm like, Why? Why is this creepy lady crossing the road in, we're talking like miles out of a city. And I don't believe there's any, there's any houses around here. So you tell me why Babushka's crossing the road at 11 o'clock at night. All I'm saying is I've been told to not go outside at night. And little old ladies out here searching for kids on the road. So you're you're a long way from any city or anything like that at this point. Oh yeah, like any other houses, you're just in the woods. Yeah, Lviv's about forty five minutes northwest from where we're currently at, and there's you'll get out of these woods after about another mile and a half, and then it's another couple minutes before you hit this you hit the village of Novo of um, Novoyavrivska. 
which is probably about two, three hundred people. It's Soviet block housing. And then there's another uh, down the road from there is where we were, which is about maybe two apartment size building sizes um, and about maybe 50 people that live on that, that area. So anything other than that is just woods. If this lady was out there lost, then she had a while to do her little craned walk shuffling. back to where shuffling back wow. to home. I don't know what the, it was just weird. It all added up. I was like, you shouldn't be out here, lady. Where are you going? Huh. Interesting. <clears throat> but at least, so where did she go? Did you see, like, she disappeared uh, into the woods or? Yep. She went, came out of the woods on one side. She walked the road, you know, shuffled across the road, and then she went into the woods on the other side. No flashlight, nothing. <laughs> it makes no sense. Amazing. But what is fun, so um, aside from the Baba Yaga, um, is we did a lot of hiking in these areas, and there's a lot of old Soviet um, bunkers, underground bump- bunkers that are all um, uh, abandoned, and but they're not condemned by any nature. It's, Nobody has enough time over there to be like, well, we're going to shut this place down. It's not safe for other people. Nope, it just that's where it lives now. There's a hole in the ground, big old bunker underneath, tons of rooms. It's really cool down there and, like, nice and cold, and I'll get to that in a bit. But um, <clears throat> we decided to, you know, grow some chutzpah and go go down into these um, into these bunkers. And it gets kind of culty down in there. There's a lot of weird drawings on the walls. A lot of strange circles of like stumps where you can see people been hanging out in a circle. Sometimes there'd be a little campfire in the middle. Sometimes it's just paper strewn about. Like old Soviet papers from uh, and schematics of the building at one point or another. But there's just papers. So I don't know, I had one friend who came to think that maybe it's the souls passed on that are still living down there in the, uh, in the bunkers. Think of it as another, as maybe it's some of the locals during the, some of the summers, which aren't very hot, mind you. It only gets about 75 degrees in the summer. Um, <clears throat> are going down there to stay cool and hang out. Or just as much as people hang out, or some people take... Um, take refuge in those cabins and squat on it and make it their little homes maybe somebody decided it was a good idea to live down in this bunker but the drawings is another thing I don't understand they don't look like uh, graffiti they don't look like art it is just scribbling on a wall and weird shapes and patterns triangles, squares circles just crude crude shapes not like words or anything Uh, excuse me Uh. Uh. my bad (laughs) hey you gotta let it out sometime that's Um, what I always say (laughs) yeah (laughs) Um, but there's a lot of noises down there too Uh, I've never really brought in a uh a recorder down there but there's a lot of bangs into other rooms that you hear uh, obviously dripping very wet down there um, shuffling sounds it's just they're strange it's a very weird environment um, so I went down there twice and I don't think I'd be going back but like I talked with you in the other um, in the other podcast you get a general feeling the moment you walk down into these these bunkers, it's just like, for me, it starts setting all my red flags off. And I'm not a chicken shit by any means, but like, the one that we went into, fine. The other one, before we even found the symbols and the weird little stump circles, I was like, it's not good, guys. I don't want to be down here. Why? The last one was cool. I'm like, this one's not, though. All right, we should leave. 
And now nah, let's go hang out in here and the floor collapsed. We got stuck and had to work our way out of the other side of the building. But like just a lot of weird cracks, bumps, shuffles. Uh, I thought I heard a whisper. Again, you ever get a chance to go to Ukraine, let me know. <laughs> I will bring you to that bunker so you can investigate it. It's fun. <laughs> huh. So are these bunkers in any of the, the area where, like, you, you saw the old woman? Yep. Yeah? Mm-hmm. So is it possible that maybe she was, like, living in one of those? Well, that's why I said earlier. Maybe she, um, you know, people take refuge up in this. But yeah. I don't know. <laughs> Babushka, you need a candle or something because you're creepy. <laughs> I mean, you shouldn't cross the road at night. You need one of those uh, slow-moving vehicle triangles on her. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> hmm. Wow. So yeah, you had you had quite an adventure over there. It sounds like. Oh, they have Yeti. Yes. Yep. I went I went skiing. Did you? On a, in a mountainous region, the uh, uh, can't remember. The name of that mountain region. No, the Appalachians are over there. But no, it's not more the further east. Uh, Himalayas. It's more further east. But it's not really all that far up. Um, but it's, it's um, Yeti's more seen in in the Russian region. Mm-hmm. And in Tibet. They, and they say that it, um, further east in Ukraine, you get some more mountainous areas. That there's a. Uh, they don't call it the Yeti. It's something else. And Lev tried to explain it to me, but it's, again, it's like 14 consonants and one vowel <laughs> in Russian. So I couldn't, even with my studies, I couldn't try and pronounce it for you. Yeah, I'm sorry. I'm not familiar with the the Ukrainian Yeti name. Well, you're the Bigfoot I am, man. but... Uh, you got to start looking this up. Each, each area has, like, their own names for this stuff. And when you really get into it, the the smaller areas and even like each of the the North American native tribes and stuff, they all have their own names for it and everything. They're just tulpas. <laughs> so so we'll come right 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 around to this. Uh, as you know, when when we talked to you on the phone, we were going up to um, Upper Michigan to a paranormal convention. Okay. And uh, we actually got, to, we didn't have a booth this time, so we, we got to sit in on a bunch of the, the seminars and the speakers and that. And you would be surprised how many times Tolpa and uh, thought forms and stuff like that came up during mm, these seminars. And it was, it was very, um, what do you call it, like synchronicity that me and you and uh, Ma had had that discussion on the way to this event. And we are then the a, collective. A lot of the speakers there all brought up the same things about the tulpa and and all that. And it was really interesting. Um, for you specifically, uh, you listen to a lot of podcasts and that. Uh, have you ever heard of John Tenney? No, I have not. Ah, well, John Tenney, uh, I was introduced to unfortunately through uh, Hellier. And I don't mean unfortunately, but like I feel like I should have been paying attention to him prior to that. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? And he's, he's brought up quite a bit in, in the Hellier TV show, and he actually was there speaking. And the way he was introduced was they, the MC came out and said, how many people here have seen John Tenney speak? Half the people raised their hands. And then the other half, he's like, okay, how many people haven't heard John Tenney speak? The other half of the audience raises their hands, and everybody's like, uh, you're in for a treat. Like, this guy is, you know, worth hearing, whatever, you know. And we're like, ah, whatever, you know. And he came out, and he did his his whole speech, and I tell you, it was the best one that we heard the entire weekend. Hmm. So if you have an opportunity... What's his thing? Topaz? No, he is weird. Oh. I I can't... I I, I feel like that lies in the nature of this field. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, right? Um, But he brought up some very interesting points and uh if you're interested i do have a copy of his seminar i can i can give you and stuff to listen to as well 
Um, but yeah, we were we recorded all the ones we went to. Um, but he brought up some very interesting points, and one of them, for instance, was you know everyone sees these women in white, you know, walking down the side of the road or whatever, or she appears in your house wearing this dress. So then he he thinks for a minute and he goes, well, was she wearing underwear under the dress? Man, I don't know. And he he poses this question to the audience. Like, how many people here think that the woman in white wears underwear? He goes, you never thought about that, did you? It's probably, you know, I would assume that she's wearing underwear. Are you wearing underwear, Barnaby? I I am. Are you? Yeah, unfortunately. No, I'm sorry. I don't don't approve of it, but (laughs) I've been forced to wear underwear in my life now. Are they women in white's underwear? Like, or are they men's underwear? Uh, No comment. Okay, good. (laughs) (laughs) So he brings up this, this question, and he says, okay, well, if she is wearing underwear, where did she get them? Where did this ghost get ghost get, underwear? Where did she get the dress? Okay. Exactly. Wait, 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 okay. Exactly. I, I don't know. So, so what Mr. he does Henry is he twists your mind like this about like, well, okay, so if this ghost is energy, where did these clothes come from? Where did her underwear come from? Who made those underwear that she's wearing? It. And he, he forces you to like think about all the weird stuff about the paranormal in in different ways and different aspects and he was he was really good he brought up like a thought like you know um john doe dies in this house his 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 ghost is is stuck here and um wouldn't you assume that the clothes not to interrupt you that the clothes would be something that was either passed away with or a memory of an outfit that that person refuses to let go of Mm, he makes a good point on that too because let's say you see your grandma who passed away how are you uh-huh. how are you going to picture your grandma with her favorite hat with her favorite dress you know her favorite shirt it's just a floating face it's it's all in how you pose that image of whoever in your mind well then i mean we're just coming back to my original theory that it's just mass hysteria <laughs> No, it's not mass hysteria because mass hysteria um, projects that all these people are, are experiencing the same thing. That's mass. This is soul. This is personal to you. This is your hysteria because you're seeing this object, this person. And then he posed the fact that these shadow people that you see are souls of people that you don't know. Therefore, when you walk into a house and you see a shadow person... That person has a look, but you don't know who they are, so your mind doesn't connect that soul to an image, therefore you see them as an outline and a shape, Mm. because you can't project your image onto them because you don't know what it was. This is lining up with something that my psychology teacher had told me um, that had to do with paranormal, uh, was that it was very unsettling that children can draw monsters when um, the brain is not as creative as we think it is. So we can only ever draw from our imagination of things that we've experienced or visually seen. And when a child draws a monster, it is, where did you see this? Because if if I were to have you paint the picture of a face, maybe you were a great artist, right? If I asked you to paint a picture of a random face that you wanted to create, it's very difficult for you to draw on anything but your experience. So that's really interesting that you say that. Hmm. Well, I didn't. John Tenney did. But well, <laughs> thank you. <laughs> I'm but sure it, he's it not all that original sense. either. Yeah, yeah. Um, I did hear one time that, and I don't know if this is true, but you can't dream a person you've never met. Yes, that's where I'm coming down from. Yeah, where coming from. So in in your dreams, when you have these dreams about anybody, any person, anything, any place, you've obviously seen that person somewhere in the past, um, and uh, they've stuck in your head somewhere. You know. Mm-hmm. So. Interesting. We we actually recently got a case. Um, that we were supposed to go to and um, the it was a, a mother and a daughter and the daughter was experiencing 
very traumatic stuff in the bedroom and wouldn't sleep in there, wouldn't go in there or anything. And um, the mother asked us to come out and, and take a look and see if there was something paranormal or if it was just something going on with the child. And it was a really interesting case and I wanted to do it. And uh, the day, a couple days before we were supposed to go, uh, she called and, or didn't call, the messaged me and said that um, something family emergency came up and that she wanted to reschedule for two weeks out. And I said, yep, that's fine. And I haven't heard back. And I mm. keep forgetting to message her back. But so I, I really want to. to mess with something. Yeah, I, I'm that's really interested in that goes. case because, you know, this little girl is also uh, seeing things at other houses. When, when does, when, but when, good things. She, she, uh, supposedly she saw this little boy that lived in the cemetery. She went to another person's house and, um, saw an old man in the basement that has now passed on and, and left the house, according to the little girl. And she also really enjoys going to this house where she plays with a little girl who does magic tricks where she disappears into a mirror. Mm, cool. So we have a child medium that in the home that she lives in is pissing off, excuse my language, another um, another entity. And rather than the entity mess with the little girl, it's going to mess with mom. Well, see, the mother hasn't had any issues with it, nor has the sister. It is only the one daughter that uh, is having an issue, and she will not tell the mother what's going on. When, All when, she when, said... When does this become child abuse? <laughs> well, I don't know. That's what we're uh, supposed to go figure out. But, yeah, it'll be a very interesting case, and uh, um, you probably won't ever see it on an episode due to the, you the know... private nature of Private it, nature, yeah. But I can discuss generalisticness of the, the situation, obviously. Um, Jenny. Jenny. Jenny Files. Jenny Files, yeah. But, yeah... I don't know. Children are weird. I don't like children personally, <laughs> but I feel like they're, you know, one of the one of the guys at the lecture said that, you know, he loves children because they're so malleable, susceptible to... <laughs> That's the same word. <laughs> to Semantics. paranormal and, and stuff like that, so... But, yeah. I think this has been a very good chat, and uh, it's getting late. Nice stars out tonight, though. That, that star that I talked with you about earlier, or that what UFO, I, that UFO, uh-huh. has not been there ever again. <laughs> so, I'll be watching that part of the sky again. I understand the stars shift and whatnot, but that was a very strange night. Yeah. You uh, you messaged me. I don't know. It was not too late at night, but. It was dark out, obviously, so, you know, like 10, 11 at least, and said you saw something in the sky and I should take a look, because we only live like three minutes away from each other. It was about as bright as that star there. Excuse me. <laughs> about as bright as that star there, but it was way over there. Stars don't shift that much. No, and, this was only a little while ago, too. Yep. And it was... You ever stare at a star long enough and you think... It's moving. Yeah. It's moving. Then you put your thumb up there, right? And the damn thing actually disappears behind your finger. You're like, oh, it's moving. <laughs> so, I don't know. I had I had my fiance come out and take a look at it as well. And she's like, that is kind of moving left and right. Just to, It looked like it was swinging on a pendulum. Like it was going from left to right to left to right. It was so slow, it was barely visible to, to, to the eye. Interesting. Hmm. <clears throat> we'll have to have another uh, episode just about UFOs and the current nature of the of um, what I like to call the orchestrated declassification. We'll have to talk about that. Definitely. Well, I hope that you guys enjoyed Rob back on this, and uh, I know there wasn't too much paranormal or weird stuff in this episode other than Baba Yaga, but I mean, I, I think it's important to uh, to take some time and appreciate some other cultures and uh, differences of 
you know, the way that we live on Earth as human beings and uh, this great big world that we live in. So hopefully you enjoyed this episode, and uh, apparently Rob wants to come back again, so... As long as you don't ask me how I'm doing. <laughs> fun, fun quick story here. Uh, so, you know when I opened the episode, I, I you know, I, I don't even know how I do it. <laughs> um, I'm me, and you're you, and we are Ethan, we. Ethan, um apparently took offense to the way that I opened the episodes, calling it the P.T. Barnum style of, you know, the, the over-dramatic, oh, hello and welcome to another episode. Well, of, you do have your cadence. But yeah. Everybody gets into yeah, there. Yeah. So, so he made fun of this. So then, uh, for those of you listeners that have listened to every episode, Rob obviously hasn't, but... Um, so the very next episode that we was on, I'm like, all right, Ethan, I got an intro for you. And I pulled up the typical, um, uh, what is it called? The, um, the Enter the Gladiators. And I introduced the whole episode uh, as if it was under a big top, like, all right, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, <laughs> cryptids and novelies and the paranormal society proudly brings to you <laughs> whispers from the dark. And Why don't you the, do that every single time? <laughs> the whole intro circus theme just to take him off even more. And he, he just looks at me and he's like, I hate you. And I'm like, yeah, I know. <laughs> but yeah, it's kind of niche I think you should stick with it. The, the circus theme? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I think, I think our listeners would, you know... Hey, we're up to 12 listeners now. Yeah. Ooh, uh, yeah. It's I mean, that's me. exciting. <laughs> it's not... <laughs> I'm not saying they're bad. We ramble a lot, but... Hey, that's, that's the important thing. So, yeah. Um... Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> now I am just rambling. So, if you're listening to this, um... I'm, I'm not sure when this episode will air, so kind of bear with it, but uh, I think we're going to be in Minnesota on October 2nd at the Minnesota Bigfoot Conference with Jeff Meldrum, Doug Hycheck, Cliff Berrickman, and, oh God, Russell Accord from Expedition Bigfoot, and uh, that should be a really good time. Um, that should still be coming up after this airs, so hopefully we see you up in Upper, upper Minnesota, I'm sorry. That is at uh, Upper Mission and Nagoda. Grand Rapids. We'll be heading there on a boat. Where are you going? Sure. What? Where are you going? On a boat? On, <laughs> on a boat. I'm going on, on a, a boat. boat. On a boat. Up in Upper Michigan, Minnesota. Upper, upper mini. Yeah, I can't even say that. All right, guys, we're just rambling. So hopefully, check out our local events and stuff, and uh, we will we'll, uh, see you out there somewhere. Hopefully. And uh, hopefully not more stuff gets canceled because of COVID because this is getting ridiculous. But um, until next time, I will uh, see you out there. (laughs) I'm Barnaby. I'm Rob. (laughs) We'll see you next time, guys. Thanks for listening. Bye. Thanks for listening to this week's podcast. To find out more about Cryptids, Anomalies, and the Paranormal Society, visit our website at wisconsincaps.com. That's wisconsincaps.com. There you can find links to our YouTube and Facebook pages. You can also submit your sightings and encounters. And don't forget to check out our online store for t-shirts, DVDs, and more. If you have had an encounter with something unexplained in or around Wisconsin, we would love to hear about it. You can send us an email at wisconsincaps at gmail.com or to submit an anonymous report, visit our website and click Report Your Encounter on the main page. Whew, that was quite the investigation tonight, Ethan. Yep, sure was. Oh, hey, hey it's still early. You got to get home? Nope. What do you uh, what do you say we stop out at the Bean Snappers Gentlemen's Club for a little while? Yeah, I'm not arguing or insulting you. So what do you think? Well, that's a change for one. <laughs> Doors open. I'm walking through. <laughs> hey, Keg, how's it going? Good. How are you guys doing? I'll go through the spiel. Even though you've been here before, welcome to Bean Snappers. We're open Wednesday through Saturday, five to bar close. 
It's ten dollars to get in. It's two drink minimum. No touching the girls. There's ghosts here again. So thanks for being here. <laughs> Support the performing arts at Bean Snappers Gentlemen's Club, Macville, Wisconsin, Highway 47. All naked, all the time.